Hi, hi, hi. Talking, talking. <laughs> too much, bud. Too much, bud, in your life. Am I too loud? Like, I don't, I don't level too loud. I don't just think. in my head. Oh, I have that... <laughs> I'm just too loud just in your head. In your head. Yeah. I have that middle-of-the-road grating voice that just cuts through and annoys people. That's It's just my voice is annoying. at mm. this stage of my hearing loss, I can't hear myself, can't hear any of you guys, but like your register for whatever, that's what I'm still hearing. Your highs so. and lows are crashed, but the mid-range, right where Bud is, yeah. just, just digs right into your brain. That's your great. Highs, lows, and your buds. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, a Roomba for your bed or your hotel bed so you don't have to sleep one on someone else's stains. Ew. <laughs> we talk Glass, Punisher Season 2, and Aquaman. We get a few more seconds of Detective Pikachu in a kind of new trailer. A whole bunch more Shazam. And a bit more of the bad guy, Dr. Savannah. Is that right? Savannah? I, I don't actually, I haven't heard said. I just know what it looks like. It looks like Savannah. Played by Mark Strong. Yes. It's going to be amazing. Let's geek out. Sometimes you know it's good to be a geek. The podcast. Welcome to the Geek Out Podcast, episode 16. We are recording this on Thursday, January 24th, 2019 at 12, 17 p.m. We're 10 minutes later starting than we normally are. I wonder why. Is there any particular that just happens? Okay, no. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> We're here. Not that I'm a clock watcher. I'm blame. <laughs> you were wandering around. You're always You were the last one in the room. Yeah, I was the last one. I'll take it. Yeah. This is the podcast where we talk about geeky things. A lot of shows and movies and games and poppy culture things. And I also talk about the things that I talk about on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, which is more a lot of tech things. So yeah, I'm Webmeister Bud, and I appear on that show. It's Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. What about you, Brian? Uh, my name is DJ Boy Tano. You can hear me every weekday at 5 o'clock doing the mixtape. Hey, Brian. Hey. I love the mixtape. Aw, thanks. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, the best part of my day. Aside from Thursdays when I get to talk about Aww. geeky things with you guys. Same, 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 blow same. smoke up everybody's asses. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Plastino. Paul Blasino, co-host of That Afternoon Zone, um, uh, as well as the PJ Party Podcast, which hopefully is uh, getting into more regular episodes Yay. every single week, Fridays. Uh, also, uh, Rolling Stone. Art Aronson. And this, <laughs> oh, no. that concludes my trifecta. The last three weeks in a row, I've described myself yeah. with also antiquated magazine titles. <laughs> Fantastic. Go back and listen. Okay. It's been a three week in the running, and I've. Is Wealthy going. Philanderer a magazine that no, I know? No, I okay. was. Cigar Aficionado, oh, which yes. I am. Oh, well done. Cat Fancier. Oh, my which goodness. I am. You totally did it. Papa was a Rolling Stone, which I am. Paul is in it for the long game. Thank you. That's amazing. Next That's week, I'm going to uh, introduce myself as Today's Parent. <laughs> <laughs> Art Aronson, Better save us. Tell garden. us about yourself. Yeah, I'm a reporter on the queue and the zone. I'm a little under the weather right now, so I apologize in advance if I have low energy. I'm not in a bad mood, though, so that's good. Good, right? Good, right? You're just yeah. you're in a, you're in a, a happy mood, ready to geek out about things and infect the other three of us in this room. Great. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Apologies in advance be, for that. Uh, your yeah. takes will be as hot as your fever. I'm uh, uh, oh, well done. Art Arrington is also a playboy. No. no. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. why didn't I use that? Oh, uh, between the Stammers, your other podcast, but your uh, one of your other podcasts. 
Yeah, you can find uh, me as well on Between the Stammers as I'm a co-host there. You can find that on uh, the Zones uh, under podcasts there. Zone.fm slash podcast. I've I've been watching uh, some of this show Hotel Hell with uh, Gordon Ramsay. Mm. He did the whole Kitchen Nightmares thing. Oh, right. He's moved to hotels and then he'll go to hotels. And, you know, it's the usual thing. It uh, looks all bright and shiny, but there's, you know, no service or everything's old and in, and broken and nobody cares about anything and the food's crap because food has to be involved kitchen and everything and then every now and then he'll he'll invite the staff up to a particular room give them all these uh, glasses flip on the uv light and shine it over the covers on mm. uh, the sheets of the bed and it is usually when he gets out of the black light i leave the room because it's disgusting to mm. think about what people are leaving on hotel room sheets mm. which brings me to my geek out uh, this week which was about something called CleanseBot which just, it was just funded in early January on Indiegogo, but now there's this thing called Indiegogo In Demand where you can continue to pledge for it after it's been fully funded. So if you are interested in a, it's a Roomba-like robot that you put it down and it crawls underneath your covers and then it goes left and right. It's like a Roomba, right? It does the whole sweep and it has four uh, beams of UVC, bacterial killing light oh whoa so it'll go through and and clean the bed and you can put it on top and it'll go over top and somehow it uses robot gravity magic to not fall over the edges and a really cool idea and i hate traveling i'm boring i don't really go anywhere so i'm not really much of a hotel stayer but uh i might consider this if i was a, a an often stay in other people's sheets kind of person you just can't think about that sort of thing you just 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 go you're honest yeah that's that's true that's true you just go crazy thinking about it or you get a cleanse bot yeah get one of those yeah i just go in thinking about how much dirtier am i gonna make this number yeah (laughs) okay now (laughs) yeah totally spicy i know i i want to be grossed out by it but i same i'm the one who's making the hotel worse definitely it's worse after all (laughs) for sure but um you know with all these robots i want to believe it and that's why i kind of reacted like oh with the uv thing that sounds like pretty foolproof like it seems like that would work, whereas every other robot that does the thing for you, like mm. a Roomba is the good example, doesn't really do a good as job as you getting the Dyson out and plowing ahead with your vacuuming. And probably nowhere near as fast as you could do it either. Well, yeah, right. But I guess that's why you leave them. You leave them. And you, you leave the house and they go and slowly turtle their way around your place. But yeah, no, right. it's a solid point. So it's it's like, it's fine. It's good, I guess. Uh, but it's no real replacement for, you know, the maids doing their job and keeping the beds clean. Of course. Of um, course. I think it's just a peace of mind thing, though, really. Because like Art says, like if you just go in there and think, like, eh, don't think about it. Don't think about it. I'm sure the sheets are clean. Don't, I don't have a UV light, so I'm just going to act as if it's just brand new sheets. And there wasn't a dude in here doing disgusting things um, to himself and others and maybe a roast chicken. God damn. That's how I do. I bring a chicken right in the bed with me. Please, that's... Right? No. It's like... Uh, don't think about that. So for, for them types that are freaked out by it, it's all in their brain. Oh, the UV robot made it better for me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you're paying for just peace of mind. That's exactly it. It's practically real. Yeah, you could you could make yourself absolutely crazy. And definitely in a place like this where we're all in communal rooms and we're all pushing these same, you know, mm-hmm. one and a half inch square buttons and mm-hmm. turning this and you know, all the keyboards and everything that we share amongst the thing and these microphones that we are intimately involved with. Yeah. Uh, like there is so much potential for it that, yeah, in, in general, that ignorance is bliss and, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and there's decent science that says that it 
strengthens your immune system. And Absolutely. I think my, all my eating things off the ground is why I'm such a Viking and I'm never sick. <laughs> Brian, Perfect. check the records. When's the last sick day I ever took? So what happens? Right. You, <laughs> so what happens if you're sick after this pod? Well, they blame happen. the person who just admitted they're sick at the oh, beginning of the pod. Yeah, I won't, won't blame you, but it won't happen. Don't worry about it. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll give you a hug later too. I don't even. Let mind. us please check oh. in in a week and see how Paul Plastino is feeling. <laughs> He's a Rolling Stone. <laughs> Uh, it was opening weekend for Glass. This is the movie that is the third in the Suddenly trilogy between Unbreakable, Split, and now this one, Glass. So Unbreakable was the Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson movie where... Is it spoiler time? Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you. Where uh, Bruce Willis is unbreakable. He's the guy he, he can't seemingly can't be hurt. And the, the nemesis that he ends up being uh, pitted against is a guy who can get hurt if you look at him the wrong way. They, you know, he calls himself Mr. Glass because his bones are very brittle and fragile. And what that, a twist that was in that first movie, by the oh, way. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Like, how many saw that coming? M. Night Shyamalan in his yeah. early days. Um, dang. It's still some, still some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Split was a surprisingly good movie that I was, it was completely under my radar. I didn't know there was a, there was an M. Night Shyamalan movie called Split until I saw the trailer for this movie called Glass. And I'm like, oh. And Kirsten James, who is not here today because she's doing adulting and banking, she was in the position to see this movie where I wasn't. She had no idea. She just watched the movie. And at the very end of the movie, Bruce Willis's character shows up. Yeah, it's split in split. In split. Yeah, yeah. And and you realize it's a it's a sort of unofficial sequel. It's a sequel to Unbreakable, and that leads us to Glass. Split was a fantastic movie. Great uh, showcase of James McAvoy. Yeah, it got great reviews and everything. People really loved it. It was I think it like M. Night Shyamalan was kind of like, it was like a reawakening of this guy's and his movie prowess. So. He was in a lot of bumps in the road about yeah, that oh, time yeah, of his yeah. career. So I think that really got him going again. And there was another flick that last year that he was a part of that people really liked as well. I just can't get my head which one it was. But uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, I'm interested in seeing Glass. I haven't seen Split yet though so oh, i feel oh, like okay, this is a spoiler for me as well already so i know that going in but. i don't think it's so much of a spoiler i mean it's a it's a, the development of a character that happens to be in this third movie i don't think there's any sort of major well i didn't know that was in the same universe oh as, dang yeah so like, sorry unbreakable right so well, that's, that's that part of it has yeah. been spoiled for yeah. you but. although it would have been weird for me to just say hey uh hey art why don't you go watch this movie called split no reason <laughs> no reason at all. Exactly. And I loved Unbreakable, so yeah. now that I know that's in the same universe as Split makes me want to go and see Split before I go see Glass. I would guess definitely suggest that. Yeah. Yeah. But none of us have seen it? I wanted to see it. Um That doesn't count. I want to see it too. Well the thing <laughs> is so like I, I had plans to to even check it out uh, this like on the cheap Tuesday. Oh right. Um to go check it out and I I saw a few, unfortunately, scathing reviews mm. about it. And oh, about glass? About uh, yeah, about glass. And they were they were from review. And that's that's the thing is like I usually like kind of forming my own opinion about these yeah. things. But like the reviewers that I usually read, no, no, and like the the other podcasts uh, that I listen to, they did not give it the greatest reviews, and they had some mm. legitimate reasons that they were able to give without kind of. You know, spoiling it. They, you know, they they said it's 
one of them said it's like it's 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 an okay movie, and then the third act kind of ruins it. I've heard it's yeah. got third act problems. Like yeah. it ruins all the goodwill that it builds in the first two acts mm-hmm. that you like. The third act balls as the whole thing up. Yeah, Boom. wastes yeah. it. Well, this brings up a big a good subject. I think how much how much stock do you guys take into reviews before you go see something, or do you just oh. kind of like you know if you read something scathing about a movie, do you just not go see it because we're in this world of so much content out yeah. there and you don't want to waste your time going to mm-hmm. see something. So if you see a scathing review or multiple scathing reviews or you see the shittiest tomato meter ever, are you going to go see this movie or this TV show? And that's the thing that's kind of interesting about this is that it this is one of the first times it it did affect my actual decision. Because wow. usually um, if I'm stoked on seeing a movie, I'm going to see that movie and I'll form my own opinion about it. And then just the stuff I read, it was like... Mm. Now I don't know if I want to waste my time or or spend my money on this. Because mm-hmm. there's so, so much content out yeah. there. This is the power of the press. I uh, take into great account the tomato meter before I go see a movie. I don't let it decide whether or not I'm going to see a movie. Yeah. Like if I'm stoked on a movie, that's it. I'm stoked. But if it's like a bad tomato meter or it's just like I've heard really crummy reviews, I'll just temper those expectations. Mm-hmm. And But the flip of that, and it's really a bad thing, is that like if I'm seeing Into the 90s on the tomato meter and everyone's just raving about this movie, a good example of this is uh, A Bad Time at the El Royale. Oh, this is the greatest movie. This is the movie Tarantino should be making these days. A worthy successor to Pulp Fiction and all the rest. Right, All these rave reviews. I'm like, okay, I'm stoked. Go and saw it with those high expectations. And you're just like, what the fuck? I was like, this is not as good as like yeah. the worst Tarantino oh, movie. No. What? What the heck? It's like very poor man's that. So, yeah. So reviews, it's interesting. But I'll, also I'll say too, these days, sometimes what I like just as much sometimes as the movie is certain podcasts that review it or review shows on YouTube that I like. I saw one, my favorite YouTube review show. Um, was talking about Glass today, yeah. and I was like, oh, dang, I haven't seen it. And it made me want to see the movie just so I can hear these two guys shit on it and get all what they're saying about <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's just it, right? I don't read reviews, especially on movies that I'm excited for and I want to go see beforehand. I don't read them. I don't watch reviews. I'm going to go watch that movie first. The lunch lady is at reception. The lunch lady is at reception. So, uh, Sorry, that was just Mary's... Mary checking in from Mars. Yeah. Was she doing that from a vortex? <laughs> you know, like, what's her technique these days? Uh, her technique, obviously, is to have another phone on while she makes the page or something. Or she's maybe she's making the page on speaker. I'm not sure. But that's a feedback loop right. that we've heard before when someone is too close to a, a live phone. When that, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyway, sorry. So I'm saying it's just anything I read about a movie or even see a headline. To me, that's a spoiler. It is. So I try like hell not to see those things. Is she going again there? I, I just I just muted yeah, it. Um, yeah, so I think the yeah. thing I think what I ended up doing is usually what I would do is I would check out to see like some vague reviews about what people are thinking, mostly to temper my expectation. Yeah. Uh this is the very first because like I would have read it and even if the review was negative, I would have then kind of gone in and be like Okay, now I know what to sort of expect based on these reviews. I'm going to go see it for myself. This is really the first time that it's ever affected my actual decision to go see the movie. Yeah. Because so, now I'm kind of like, okay, 
I know what to expect, but like the review was so scathing that I was like, I, I don't know if I want to spend my money. So to bring it back to Glass then, what do you do in this case when the tomato meter is in the 30s, but the audience reviews have got it up in the like high 70s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what this, do you do? This movie came out with 40.5 million in opening weekend, yet 37% on the, the tomatometer. <laughs> and, um, tomatometer. So I love saying it that way. That's really good. Um, so yeah, it's really hard to say. Reviews, uh, kind of like art, I try to avoid them. But if I hear them in general, they do... They do two things for me. One, they will, they can, they have been known to influence whether or not I go see it in the theaters or whether I just count myself as I'm going to wait till I can see this on a smaller screen. Mm -hmm. But also they temper my expectations going in. And so I would always prefer to have lower expectations and be surprised than the unfortunate situation you were in, Paul, where you came in with high expectations and were disappointed. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough and... Yeah, it's just there's a lot of competition for the mind. You know what we got to do is we just have to build up enough clout with this podcast <laughs> that oh, we yes. are those people that they'll just let us into the movie theater right. and watch oh. these because they want to know our opinions. Right. Oh, right. Yes. yes. I'll pose as a mommy blogger yeah. because <laughs> that's a po- That may be faster, Paul. Right? That, that may is, be faster. Yeah, that yeah. is. They want those yeah. mommy blogs. When the movie Entourage came out, do you guys remember that? It was, I guess, probably like four or five years ago now. Probably. Uh, I watched the entire series. I loved it. And then that movie came out. I was really excited for it. And it got destroyed. Oh. Absolutely destroyed in the reviews. People hated it, which doesn't surprise me because when Entourage came out. The you show, know, you mean? Yeah, the yeah. show. It was, you know, really chauvinistic. It was like it was in that time. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That stuff on TV, I don't think even back then could be on TV now. Some of the episodes and, you know, that sort of thing. So mm. with now the Me Too movement here and everything like that. So when that movie came out, it got destroyed. Mm. Absolutely destroyed. But then I watched it and I was like, it's exactly what I expected it to be. So, exactly so it held consistent wanted. to the show then. Exactly. Perfect. But because of the time change, because oh, yeah. of, you know, here we are. In this world now, it's a lot different, you know, 10 years before when that, like, the series had ended. Uh, that much, so much has changed. I thought that, uh, that people took that into account when they were. Well, you're not taking it, it out of context per yeah. se, but you are taking it to a new audience being mm-hmm. in film. Yeah. That's a great point. I think Art is making about, like, the political views of the reviewers yeah. that make up the tomato meter or whatever. Because it's um, very political now. It's super political. I mean, yeah. that's even, we're about to dive into the Oscar nominations, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those, for years now, have been so politically charged who wins. Um, you know, like, they got to send a message. Oh, my God. Oh, what white people nominated? won last yeah. year. We got to make sure we have some. You know, like diversity in our nominations and our winners this year. Um, so that's so, what I'm saying about reviews. Just, you know, yeah, take them with the grain. Go right. see the movie. Mm-hmm, Make yeah. your own decisions here. Yeah, honestly, based on my hype of uh, Unbreakable and that I quite enjoyed Split, I would really like to see this in the theaters. It, it just may not be the super top priority that, that Into the Spider-Verse was, for example. Which means maybe you won't see it. So there are the power right there. It's yeah, in the press, fair enough. right? I remember being in high school when Unbreakable came out. Hearing hype for it, being like, that sounds great. Even the, like, the twist was ruined for me. But I still was like, that sounds great. I want to see it. Still have not seen mm, it. Yeah. You have, well, well, what, you I haven't seen, seen it? Oh my years goodness, old, what? And then whenever Split came out and they were like, oh, it's a sequel to Unbreakable. I'm like, 
what, that movie from high school with Bruce Willis? I'll get around to it. And now we're going to hear another sequel. But um, You're a trilogy behind, dude. I know. So wow. I, But I do want to get into it. And I feel... It's a good rainy day Sunday movie. Yeah. That's what it is. I kind of feel bad for uh, Shyamalan there. That's one thing we didn't really touch on is like, what a weird career, right? Like, yep. From the most darling of darlings and everyone loves the twist to then the twist becoming like the biggest eye rolls of all possible. Mm-hmm. So I remember being in a theater when there was a trailer for one of his movies, one of his like, when he was in really dark times. Wasn't that, Didn't he do a movie about an elevator? Do you remember that? Does that sound right? I'm serious. I think if you look it up, he did a movie where like people are trapped in an elevator or like the devil is running the elevator. I think that's what it was, honestly, like seriously. And I remember being in this theater and we're all watching this trailer. Wait, was he the happening? Was that his? Yeah, and that then, was him. Yeah. And then when his that's name came on the screen, there were like audible groans. Like the whole theater was like, oh my man. The film was called Devil. devil. Otherwise known as the Night Chronicles Devil, 2010. Um, let's see. And th- there's an elevator on yeah. the uh, on the poster. Right? You're, you're so right. So wow. the devil was the elevator repairman, or how does this work? And it was a Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Wow. Good memory, Plastina. <laughs> Way to pull that. That's, well, dark oh, hey, it was. It came from a story from M Night Shyamalan. But of course, okay. with his cachet, they would have put it up there on the screen. And I'm sure at that point. Everybody would have just discounted it. Yeah, the whole theater, I remember, just went, oh. Wow. You could hear their eyes rolling. So what an interesting career. It's nice that he's, like, been able to go back, and this is a case of, like, as bored as we all are of sequels and sequels, endless sequels, to look back that far to Unbreakable, that had to have been, what, like, the early 2000s, late 1990s? Early uh, 2000s. Unbreakable, yeah, early 2000s. Early 2000s, because yeah, it was... 2002, maybe. It was post-Sixth Sense, right? Right, okay. Sixth Sense was the, his sort of breaking out to go back that far and be like okay i got one thing that worked for me <laughs> right i'm not i can't redo or 2000, 2000 yeah unbreakable was in 2000 oh yeah. Uh, yeah okay so i remember i was in uh, weightlifting class <laughs> that's in high school and we were talking about unbreakable yeah well this well, devil a long movie time ago, hey? yeah well, devil this devil movie actually got um reviews reviews i just had it an average score of 52 percent on the tomatometer oh, oh so <laughs> far better than split than yeah, uh, glass so far glass. <laughs> anyways all, so I'm, bad. all i'm saying is with all the political everything that goes around reviews now yeah. I, I i take reviews less seriously than i used to i think we all probably should We got home two, three scenes, two, three little clips of uh, new Pokemon and new uh, Rhyme City environs in this fairly short square Instagram shaped Detective Pikachu trailer. And the same annoying turtle song stuck in my head for a week now uh, <laughs> since uh, since I've seen it. Uh, I'm still excited for this movie. Any, any grand revelations about the couple new scenes or anything? We just see a little bit more. Nothing. No. New, it really hasn't changed my uh, interest or disinterest in this movie. Like, which is what you know about like whereabouts on the. I'm pretty interested. I'm probably gonna like. I I look for movies that I can take my kids to all the time. Sure, right. Yeah, so, yeah. like, probably take them to the Lego Movie this this weekend, mm-hmm. and this one is another one that uh, it's big enough of a scope that I would be interested to see myself. Nice. So yeah, I I don't know. That didn't really kind of change anything for me. They could put out. This one trailer that they they put out a few months back, and that'll that 
would be enough. I probably should be. Know? That probably should be what they do, but they yeah. won't. But yeah. yeah, I get you. When you have 150 to 10 million Pokemon, how many Pokemon are there now, bud? Oh, a gazillion. Far right. too many. Like 150 is what, how, what there should be. So right. So even if like let's pretend there's only hey Google, how many Pokemon <laughs> are there? Um, <laughs> 807. Can... Oh wow. <laughs> so let's even say there's just 150 though. Back when I was banging, when I was a kid, uh, there was. A... <laughs> <laughs> You're banging the Pokemon. Bang. Okay, let's please. Stop. Let's that's not a, even. That's a gangster yep. reference. Yep. Um, you, it's like uh, you know, you could trickle out if if even half of those are going to be in your movie, you can trickle out the look of even a quarter of them and still have that many trailers. Right, all the way up until the release. That's Here's a question for you, Brian. If you're going to go mm. take your kids to see the Lego movie, are you going to make them watch On the Basis of Sex beforehand, which is a, a biopic about Ruth Bader Ginsburg because she has a Lego cameo in the new Lego movie. Does she? Yes. The really? Notorious RBG? That's yes. funny. That's right. So make sure your kids know that cool, cool, hip, 90-year-old lady reference. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. <laughs> I'm still She's a cameo. This is why Paul's not coming to the movie with us wow. this weekend. <laughs> Great trivia, though, Paul. That's fantastic. I'll watch yep. for that. I'm oh. excited for Detective Pikachu, even though I know nothing about Pokemon. I oh, you don't? That. Okay. Yeah. I missed that whole... Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. So what are you stoked about, then? Because I think that right now, this is what I'm saying, like you trickle out the look of the Pokemon. Yeah. The real appeal is for you diehard, longtime Pokemon fans, yeah. look, team... Live action Pokemons, you can p- touch their skin and feel their fur. So, what do you care about? Well, maybe I'm a day late to the party. Maybe I want to see what it's all about. I think it looks like a nice uh, blend of uh, human characters and CGI characters. It- it looks like it could be fun. And this is what we talk about all the time. It's got to be a good story regardless. Right. And, you know, the, the bit of the story that we know from the trailer seems solid enough. But also, just looking at that world, Pokemon or not, dang, they did a great it's job. It's Ryan yeah, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds brought you, and bringing you that movie. And there's that. I don't know. I, I, I said before, I think earlier on this podcast, that I thought that kind of took me out of it a little bit. I'm like, all I hear is Deadpool with Pikachu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, that's not enough to detract me from seeing the movie. Yeah, th- I, I kind of agree with the same thing. It's it's almost too soon to have this same guy do a voiced role yeah. where it is still kind of his voice and it's not too much of a of a character dive out into into, you know, becoming something else and something different. And I am afraid of that taking me out of the of the reality yeah. of the situation. But I still want to go see it, although, yes, I probably would have preferred it with somebody else. That's kind of the flaw of his success, or the downfall of his success. Even even the gin commercial that he put out uh, just the other day, where he's describing and very satirically describing the process of making his gin, was... It's Deadpool. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he's got to know that. Yeah. 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 Which is it? Which do you want to be, Ryan Reynolds? You can be Deadpool, or you could be a lot of other things. But you could... Can you be Deadpool and Pikachu? Wow. I mean, we'll find out. In, in truth of fact, yes, you can. It's just whether or not it works. Yeah. He's Deadpool and Pikachu, and he gets to be married to Blake Lively. Now I'm pissed off at him. <laughs> right? That's too many things. Yeah, it's too good. It's too good of a life for Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. yo, you've earned it. Everybody loves him, too. I'm so envious now. I'm coveting my neighbor's wife, my neighbor in Vancouver, where he lives. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, then. Time to move on, definitely. <laughs> We talked about the Suddenly Ghostbusters trailer that uh, that we had drop last week. That should be the name of the movie. Suddenly, Suddenly Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly Ghostbusters. 
Um, Leslie Jones, who starred in the 2016 uh, reboot of Ghostbusters, is none too happy about the idea of, uh, of this new movie and that it is not connected to the universe of the movie that she was in, but goes back to the original um, Ghostbusters, uh, the, those, those two films. And she's, she's ticked. It was, uh, it was a very passionate tweet. Anybody else want to read the tweet? I don't want to read the tweet. I'll read it. Yeah, yeah, we'll read the cussing. Are you going to do it in the voice of Leslie Jones? Don't. I could get you and I don't I, just no, read yeah, it. I won't do Are that. Are you going to do the it. Trump voice at least? Yeah. I won't be doing it. She gives voice. stage directions in the tweets. <laughs> you know what? Do it. Do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Oh, no, come no. on, Paul. After all that, lead up. No, 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 You do it. You do it, Art. Okay. So insulting. Like, fuck us. We didn't count. It's like something Trump would do. Trump voice. Going to redo Ghostbusters. Better with men. We'll be huge. Those women ain't Ghostbusters. Ugh, so annoying. Such a dick move. And I don't give fuck. I'm saying something. Well done. That was a good read. I did like the Donald Trump voice part of it. I yeah. I did like, yeah. I was like, gonna do re- redo Ghostbusters better with men. It's gonna be huge. <laughs> what is this about having Art do the thing? That was a See, good, there it is. That's yeah. the impression we needed. I know, I just... She's right. That's what he would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. So I don't think she's going to be taking part in any nice try cameos. I, I know! can't oh. imagine. No. Okay. This is all showing like how far off base I am about all this Ghostbuster stuff. I feel so bad now shitting on that movie because it's become like a right side of history, wrong side of history thing. Like, are you progressive and good and supportive of women or are you a misogynist bad person because you hate the movie but like I'm a good person but I just think it's a piece of shit that's That's what we're saying that's the world we live in today it's It's fine to not like the movie it doesn't by not liking the movie it's not saying that I don't like women Ghostbusters that it's was my point that. with the drum nice try cameo, right? Is yeah. it like I support these women? I like that they do it. In my mind, they deserve a place of honor, same as the old guys did in the new movie. Yeah. We they, just didn't like you. Didn't like Paul Feig. It's Paul Feig. Yeah. That I'm Whoa, mad. He's yes, mad. yeah, it is. Yeah, and and we should all be pissed at him. Well, you because know, we wanted good lady Ghostbusters, and we can be pissed at him doubly because it took away the significance of this teaser trailer dropping. Oh, because like the teaser trailer dropping for the Jason Reitman version of this Ghostbusters sequel should have been bigger than it really was. Okay, but all you're doing is thinking about oh, but what about the 2016 one? What right. about these the uh, you know these Ghostbusters now? What are they going to do with it? That was pretty much the story that came out of this. Whereas this 2016 one, um, Paul Feig movie did not exist. 30 years later, after Ghostbusters 2, you get this. That would have been a heck of a wall. That would have been a huge, like, it would have been coming in with a huge bang and, like, bringing a lot more hype to this. To Leslie Jones' point as well, like, like, I can sit here and be like, it's a piece of shit, and there's plenty of reviews out there that are like, it's bad, it's a bad... It's not a great comedy improv movie. It's certainly bad when you compare it to the great scripted comedy of the original Ghostbusters. But as far as like box office did well, reviews, didn't it crush the tomato meter? Whether or not that was politically motivated, it was. But right, like by a lot of other reasonable metrics, 2016 Ghostbusters was a success. 
So it's only, you know, those of us yeah, who are Yeah, because it's sold here, quite a bit, right? Sure, of course. Yeah. It's only to those of us that are like, no, it was a piece of shit. No, Paul Feig fucked it up. No, it's like it's too much bullshit dancing, improv, no clever lines, no respect for the original, no similar tones, no spookiness, all of that. Only by those metrics, which don't really count, except they do, I guess, what does it need to be rebooted again or gone back to the original? 2016. So it's, like, it's hard. I, I get where Leslie Jones is coming from. It's like... What do you mean we're rebooting it again? This one was fine. And it, it did well for Sony, you know. Right? Uh, grossed $128.3 million in North America. Uh, uh, it rates uh, 74% on the tomatometer. Yeah. Where if you look at Ghostbusters 2, right. that mm-hmm. was a 53%er on the tomatometer. However, then we go to the, the piece of art, which is the original Ghostbusters, 97%. Yes. Ooh, that's Even amazing. better than Back to the Future. <laughs> Do you guys think that her like this outrage is justified? Like these well, words, based like on, comparing based on all it that, to yeah. Trump, yeah. comparing it to Trump. Um, wow, that might have been a, a bit of an emotional thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, like Think, I think things are going to be reboot, rebooted forever. That's oh, just the, yeah. that's just the world we live in. If we take offense to every single reboot, I mean, but it does. And as much as I'm excited for the new Ghostbusters, yeah. this new one that's coming out, and for the like non-misogyny reasons that I am excited for the tone, for the writing, for the, you know, it's like that. I, I talk to you all the time about, about you know, it's like the sound of the oh, proton accelerator, yeah. how that is the original sound, how they nailed it in the like, video game. Mm-hmm. That was like part of the video game is the sound was so pitch perfect. You know, they didn't care in the 2016 one. It was like, eh, there's new sounds, new whatever, new gadgets, new, 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 new. Almost for the sake of it. Right? Yeah, and it's like, the 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 score right there was no score in the 2016 Ghostbusters there's you know nothing really of note I suppose yeah no they shoved in pop music and and they even if you watch the beginning scene of uh, 2016 Ghostbusters this is when it twigged in my mind sitting in the theater watching it they didn't even have the respect for the theme song that the original one does like the way that just like this the logo comes on and the yeah. and the the theme song swells and then you know and then uh, fades out into the uh, yeah. dun dun like the incidental music and the score that's so beautiful they fucked that up they completely fucked the way that should happen in the new one so like a lot of disrespect for just the craft and art of making a fun sci-fi comedy movie um but again that all just get all those criticisms just gets lumped in with misogyny that's that's why we're making a new ghostbusters is cuz we hated the ladies it's it's so yeah. That's why Leslie Jones is pissed, and I totally get it. It's that word you were looking for many weeks ago. Pitfall. It is. Uh, it's yeah. a bit of a. It'll be a... interesting to see when this one comes out because there there has already been a few details about what the plot might be of this new one, which will include uh, kids like teenagers, right. um, two male and two female, two as male we and two female. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's kind of where this is going now. Is that people are like, oh, now I don't know about this because it's not going to be. You know the original Ghostbusters are all going to be here. The, like the surviving Ghostbusters are all going to be in it. Mm-hmm. But is it going to be like, well, now the people that are actually taking the main uh, plot are these kids, and then are you doing Stranger Things? Right. Because one of the <laughs> one of the things that I remember hearing about, I think I heard this in one of the podcasts that I was listening to about this, was that you're taking the people who were huge fans of the original Ghostbusters giving them a sequel to that movie series that they loved, but you're taking away um, any sort of relatability if you don't make the original Ghostbusters, 
you know, part of the main part of the mm-hmm. or the the plot, right? If they're just sort of side characters to this new cast of Ghostbusters, then they can't see themselves in those shoes. It's true. The original characters in the original Ghostbusters are so important the way that they're like they're not action heroes, mm-hmm. you know? They're like schlubby university protesters and hacks that have all been fired from their job that kind of stumble into heroism, yeah. right? And are, are not, they're not in good shape. They're, you know, it's like they have to climb the stairs and they're, they're struggling, right? Like, there's so much comedy in that. And yeah, I know, for teenagers, it's weird. It's like, mm-hmm. are they schlubby teenagers? Are they outcast teenagers? This is Stranger Things? Yeah. Like, they're, are they playing Dungeons Well, that's what Dragons? that teaser trailer reminded me of, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Did it not? It reminded yeah. me, actually, it reminded me of Back to the Future, actually. Yeah. yeah totally. I thought they were showing the barn where Marty McFly first goes back. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you for bringing that to my attention last week, bud, because I hadn't even seen it. That's so funny that you, of all people, missed that. You know? I've watched it a few times. You know one um, element of it, if you're watching it again, there is ectoplasm on the fence post. Oh, I missed that. Mm, well that. spotted. Yeah, that's a really neat thing. No, and the thing that I pay attention most is the uh, that they had the beautiful proton pack sample, which I now have on my phone. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Here we go. Go, go, play, play now. Oh, it's really that's not quiet. You know, I edited this into I the guess podcast. You did. Yeah, yeah, Brian can edit it better. Okay, that's and fine. now about a week later, you're playing a tinny version. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I suck. I just, I'm in radio. I care about audio. Never mind. I just hope that this is going to be a soft reboot. And as much as you can, like, you can criticize The Force Awakens for various things, I really felt that The Force Awakens nailed, like, uh, kind of undoing all the damage that the prequels did to Star Wars by really listening to the audience. We want practical effects. We want, you know, uh, out in the wild west of space. You know, we want clear villains and heroes and all this great stuff. That's what Force Awakens gave us. I hope that, similarly, Ivan Reitman, I think... Uh, you know, <clears throat> Bustin Reitman as well. Um, we'll do it as well. He is listening to the fans as well. He knows what fans want from Ghostbusters, and it's not this like action schlock from the end of the 2016 one. It's not crazy, stupid improv. It's uh, you know, pacing, good pacing, good writing, and relatable characters. Hopefully, it does what The Force Awakens did, which is gateway a new audience mm-hmm. into it with. You know, it was generally the same plot, but, you know, new characters updated everything. But yeah. again, just what, like you said, back to the, the things the fans were clamoring for. Yeah. I, I was quite excited about this new Shazam trailer. Uh, what about y'all? Have you seen it? Have we all seen the new Shazam trailer? I saw it and I saw a trailer when I was in the theater this weekend for Shazam as well. Not this new one, though. And I thought it looked like a lot of fun, to be honest with you. I am probably a scary fan of the original. Like, it it was a formative television show for me as a, I don't know how old I would have been, but I was very into this show. And, you know, you, you grant it was the 70s or 80s or whatever it was. So, yes, all the cheese factor was there. But holy smokes, I loved this here's, here's a question because uh, I don't think they ever cover this in the trailer so I, I, I don't know if they're going to do this but do you think they're going to call him Captain Marvel no no they're not no and I'm glad you brought that up um, because in, in the 70s show in the comic in the whole realm of things his name is Captain Marvel 
and what I did was I checked IMDb before I came in here, mm-hmm. and no, it, his character name is, is Shazam. Shazam. Oh, and so that is how they're getting away from it because, of course, Shazam is a DC property, and the whole Captain Marvel thing, and Marvel, and they're they're big they're big you know fisticuffs between the two companies. Uh, so that is how they are keeping this separated. And when I initially saw this movie, I was a little disappointed that it was a comedy. And that it wouldn't be the whole gritty, you know, DC thing. And maybe I would like this one. But upon further review, I think, A, because it comes out of such a, you know, a cheesy time. Uh, the, the television show, anyways. I mean, the, the comic can, can stand on its own. But, yeah, the, you know, the TV show is fairly, fairly cheesy. And they've had a lot of serious, this, this DC universe. And this is probably just what they need. And, yeah, the bits that I've seen of it so far, I, yeah, I accept it as a comedy and will be... Very keen to see this. Going in with the expectations that I know it will not affect me like it did when I was a single digit or however old I was when I saw the show. Yeah, unlike you, but I'm going into this with zero expectation. I don't know anything about the past. I don't know anything about Shazam. Yeah. I don't know it was Captain Marvel. I didn't know anything about that. Uh, I just know that DC movies in the past, you know, 10 years or so have been really dark and gritty and uh, not exactly my cup of tea sure. for a lot of them. Uh, I think they're taking a little bit of the Marvel formula here, right? Having that comedy in there. And I think it works if you have a good blend of both. A good story, some yeah. comedy, and some seriousness to get behind You know, your character. This characters. is always what it's going to take is a yeah. good story. Yeah. Of course it is. Absolutely. And I think that that's where they're going with this. So it doesn't have to be completely the opposite of Marvel as most of DC movies have had to be in the last 10 years because yeah, they no, want it to be completely different, right? And unfortunately just really hasn't worked for a lot of their films so this looks like and i'm going to talk a little bit about aquaman later which it kind of it kind of tiptoes that line of both those things really well yeah yeah my favorite scene from the trailer is billy banson jumping off the freaking building and that was such a cool part shouting the word and getting hit by lightning and falling just a little bit and then boom he's off flying as captain i mean shazam yeah it looks (laughs) cool uh, yeah, it looks it looks fantastic. Um, who anybody else jazzed for it? Ish. Yeah, I'm pretty jazzed. Cool. I, I've I've heard that uh, just because what, what what you were saying is like the DC universe of movies, like where all these things are crossing over. They their flaw was that they took themselves too seriously. Definitely. Um, and I think it was sort of um, kind of taken off that beat of you know the Dark Knight trilogy worked in that sense. So we should do this. To that they just had the wrong people behind it and yeah i think it was also the wrong idea as well the wrong lesson to take from you know the you know, the nolan trilogy yeah um it's all reactive it's all you know exactly. based on past successes and what the competition is doing it so seems. i yeah. think what i so from what i've heard is that they're looking at just taking a break uh for from doing any sort of crossover movies any sort of shared universe movies oh. these characters can exist in their own universes. But you don't have to force it just because Marvel did. Yeah. So you'll, in this one, in the first trailer, we indicate that the the, the one kid, Billy Batson's friend, uh, he has, uh, as a souvenir, one of the Batarangs. Yes, yeah, Probably I saw that. found that on the street or yeah. something. He collects all this memorabilia from superheroes. It's stuff, a nod. Right? And they, these are all kind of nods. They were trying to get a Henry Cavill oh. um, cameo oh. in this, but I think there was... Some sort of scheduling conflicts, I think, again, with Mission Impossible. I think the scheduling conflict is trying too hard. We don't need to do it. Yeah, but then I also think that also, that then led to um, them kind of saying, well, I think Superman, we're giving him a break. I think Henry Cavill's out. 
at this point. So um, there, you're, we're going to be seeing more DC movies, but I don't think from now they're they're not really going to make any sort of attempts to uh, to connect them anymore. Yeah. So. Wouldn't be wouldn't be such a bad thing. I think it's the right way to go. I do until they find characters that are really good that they want to put together in a you know crossover movie because they have some good properties here with Aquaman doing well, with Wonder Woman doing well, and if Shazam does well as well, you never know. They could put something together. Mm-hmm. I don't have any jazz for this movie to, to, to give it, honestly. I don't know. I saw the trailer. I was like, eh, I don't really need it. I don't need a a, a a not good comedy, and the comedy didn't really strike me in this in the trailers, and I don't need another superhero full stop. Like, I didn't go and see Aquaman. I'm not invested in that universe. Uh, I heard things, you know, I was like, oh, it's, but it's really funny, and uh, Jason Momoa, you're just going to love him, and it's so funny. I was like, I'm good. There's other movies I can go. See. I don't need that. I'm I'm invested in the Marvel universe. I get all my superheroes there. Yeah, there's That's that good. as well. Thank yeah. you. I feel no. Um, even with the good reviews, I, I'm excited to hear your review art. But like, even with those, <laughs> I was like, I do not need to watch Aquaman. Now, this is a case, though. You know, it's a callback to our review conversation. If the reviews are great, and but if you come in here with like a childlike sense of wonder, and it made all your dreams come true, and like let you relive your youth and everything. I, maybe I could be convinced, but for right now, it's like, sorry, DC, you've completely lost me. There are too many other good movies out there to watch on Tuesday. Which is a shame, because they're such great characters. Yeah. You know, they were my favorite characters growing up, almost more so than Marvel. Yeah. Right? I just, I totally. love the DC characters, but then it just, they just fucked with the movies way too much, and then Marvel just knew what they were doing way too much, and now I'm kind of flipped i've know? said i've said this phrase a lot of times in my life and i'm always sad every time i have to say it but i i'm in love with the potential yeah. of the dc movies but they just they just didn't deliver mm-hmm. yeah uh, but let's talk about aquaman somebody somebody in here went and saw a movie and it was art yeah what uh what, what how'd you end up seeing aquaman uh it's a good question i was gonna say don't ask me how don't ask me oh, why sorry, i sorry. got in there anyway i got in there i saw aquaman i wasn't gonna watch it in theater were you I trying to go myself. see another movie and you ended up in the wrong theater no no yeah. tell us what happened was no. it a date Someone <laughs> no. it was a group it was a group of us that uh-huh. went i didn't want to go date, yeah. i didn't want to go i went in oh. i got dragged in kicking and screaming wow, i was like wow. i told myself i wasn't gonna go pay to see another dc movie in the theater that's what i said <laughs> wow after the last abomination that i watched batman versus superman oh sure no, no, dawn no. of justice and you know what i didn't even uh, i i didn't like that movie i didn't like uh Man of Steel. That's the one I went in. I came out of, and I was like, I'm not gonna get excited until this until they reboot this whole thing. Wow. Anyways, going back to uh, Aquaman. Okay. So, did you guys see Justice League? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. And I I thought Justice League was just like my expectations were so low for Justice League going into it, and then I watched it. I didn't watch it in theater. I saw it uh, bootlegged. Uh, <laughs> And wow, I thought it was. We've got a recording of Art Aronson. <laughs> I don't know where I found that. It's going version. on the internet. It was on the ground outside. It fell, somebody, yeah, fell into somebody's truck yeah, off some, the USB fell, stick, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This movie was kind of fun. I didn't hate it. I thought it didn't, it wasn't good, but it wasn't, it wasn't flat out terrible. I didn't want to, you know, tear my eyes out after watching it. <laughs> I, and that's the same way as I feel about Aquaman. And I actually think Aquaman's a little bit better. Uh, it's a solid six 
Ah, it's the Art Aronson patented review Great. of a solid six. I well know done. Nothing. Uh, that tells me nothing. Okay, so Aquaman, it's fun. Were you serious about the six? Yeah. Solid it's six. a solid six. I love that. I love that so much. I, I, again, it didn't, it didn't really, like, it didn't tell me anything about Aquaman. Like, the questions that I, the biggest questions I have. Uh, to ask, like, what exactly is Aquaman? Like, what gives him the power on land that he has from the ocean? Like, I don't understand that. And they don't explain that in this movie oh, either. That's kind of a shame. They don't really, they explain hmm. a few things, like acute sense of whatever, because he's underwater, the pressure, yada, yada, yada. Does everyone in his family or everyone from Atlantis, do they all get the same superpowers? Yes, that, yes, oh, they okay. do. Right. So it okay. is, oh, it's like Krypton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and that's what they do in this movie. It kind of reminded me of Thor a little bit. You know, you had two different worlds and you had to connect them. It kind of exactly like that. And I thought they did a good job of creating Atlantis as a cool place that you might want to go. Visit, Plus your hair you know? does neat things when you yeah. talk to people. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool scenes. They do a really good job of making it feel really big. The earth feel really big and the movies feel real big yes it gets into the whole third act problem that every dc movie has that i i i think anyway which i think marvel does really well of getting away from this but a third act where it's just a whole lot of cgi yeah. and it's just out of mm. out of control with that and i think marvel does a really good job of staying away from that but this one again it gets into that problem that was the main problem with a lot of the dc movies yeah. is that you can't envision yourself in this place yeah. right. like yeah. if you're walking if you're walking down a street in justice league doesn't look like a fucking street no it doesn't <laughs> no yeah. yeah 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 like a third world country or whatever that it was happening the yeah. the, the climax is like this looks so fake and it happens it's not even like a, a fantastical place or another planet it's no. the fucking place on planet earth yeah yeah and maybe i swallow that a little bit more in aquaman because it's underwater spoiler alert yeah, yeah. underwater the third act is underwater right. and when well, there's like giant crabs and all that kind of stuff yeah and, right yeah. yeah so it's a big battle isn't it like well, with armies and stuff yeah and it's like uh it's like the the what i can't remember what they call the earth people the people on the surface dwellers or mm, something muggles like that. Yeah, muggles. no, I mean, nice. Uh, surface dwellers versus you know the people of Atlantis, and uh, it it was fun though. I had fun watching it. I got out of it. I was like, that movie wasn't good, but it was fun. <laughs> so, it's funny though, because like you know, if you do think about it, it technically is in a shared universe as Man of Steel. So if yeah. you think about Man of Steel and where they're fighting, and like uh, you know, you think about the city of Metropolis, and it's very much a normal-looking city. You think about Kansas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you think, well, simultaneously, there's these giant crabs in under the, the ocean <laughs> under the water, and they're Fair all enough. like people are riding them and battling with them and stuff. So That's a good point. I think that's kind of also why, like, maybe they did, they watched all these movies back-to-back, and then the new guy from DC, the new head of DC, is just like looking at all of this and thinking about it and like, you know what? Maybe they shouldn't be connected. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think they know that going into these new DC movies that they yeah. can't connect these movies. Yeah. These the the tone of Let's go every from a diner character. in Kansas yeah. where Martha Kent is working right. as a waitress to under the water where they yeah. And I think that's where the DC cinematic universe kind of went off the rails is they tried to make Superman Batman like in mm. that same world. Yeah. And I understand in the comics it works with the animation, but 
it just doesn't really work at the level that Snyder wanted it to work at. And I think that was the undoing of the DCU. So with Aquaman, I kind of feel like they're going away from that. And I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if I'd go pay to see it again. I wouldn't. And I don't know if I'd go see the movie again, but it, it was fun. At least it's not, you're going to come out of it being like, that was a ride. Yeah. It kind of was terrible in a lot of sense. Cause it didn't, there's a lot of things that didn't make sense. They didn't explain a lot of things. And there was a lot of, uh, characters, you're like, where the fuck did that guy? Because I from? know you were kind of going yeah. in there, hoping to find out the origins of Aquaman. I did, and yeah. it's a shame they didn't really touch on that. Yeah, well, they do a little bit, but it doesn't. Ex- they don't explain it like in a sense for me. Like, I don't understand how this guy can jump out of a plane. Like, they don't. They never explain that. They don't explain why he's isn't bulletproof. They, isn't isn't it because? Because he has this pressure under the water pressure. Yeah, I guess this intense pressure it's, is the reason for it. That's kind of similar to Superman, right? And yeah. how they explain how Superman can fly or have has all these ex, uh, enhanced senses is because the gravity on Krypton was yeah. a lot heavier than the gravity on Earth. Everything's so right. stifled. Oh, yeah. So in this, it's I, almost like being on the moon. I don't care for that because it doesn't hold up actually. Yeah, I'd rather... What would happen. Just yeah. say, just because. Just yeah, because. Just because. He gets yeah. his power. He, he gets powers. his power from the he's sun. A, from I like a different that. planet. Enough. Yeah. He, our yeah, yellow sun affects him differently. He has yeah. magic powers. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough. It is I enough. Know, that's all I <laughs> I agree. I hate when they're like, you don't because of gravity? And like, no, Oh, you don't want the science behind it, hey? No, no, not at all. If you try and do that it no it does the achieves the opposite because if it's you just think like, about aquaman it's really silly like how does yeah. this fish person work out of water doesn't <laughs> doesn't make any fucking sense at right, all right and i don't think they do anything to really explain that further in this movie but it's still a fun ride so i have a question i have a very yeah. important question yeah in any any Aquaman action sequences, when he when he appears doing something actiony, do they play that freaking tuned down fuzzy electric guitar every time? Yes. <laughs> oh, they do. Absolutely. Fan, okay. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and, and Jason Momoa is you know he's he's fun. Is right? he? Yeah. He's, he's got to be. He's yeah. to car- carries the whole movie, I guess. Yeah. Right. He does carry the movie, and they do some weird de aging shit with Nicole Kidman that makes you think like, what the fuck's going Kirsten on? Kirsten would not like it. Kirsten yeah. would not like is it. Oh, is no. it not as good as Marvel? Because I'm pretty sure Marvel's patented their technology. It, it, wow. Marvel. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say it's as good. It, it looked really weird. It looked a little mm, weird for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, you so got the other sex. DC movies that are going to be coming out then, uh, well, I guess the other DC movie is Wonder Woman 85 or 84. Yeah. 84. Yeah. Which I'll go see. Are you, are you guys going to see that? Yeah. yeah, I think I might see that. Because well, I, want, I want to hear that electric cello cue every time she comes on the screen doing well, something action I like the first Wonder Woman. I thought it suffered from the third act again when it gets all into the gods thing and yeah. I didn't, I couldn't swallow that. But everything else about that movie I really like. So, so six out of ten? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It got higher. I gave it a seven. seven oh! Seven but Aquaman was fun. Yeah. As fun as Bird Box. So it was more fun. It was more fun than Bird Box. <laughs> so Bird Box is not a six out of ten? Mm, five and a half. <laughs> oh, we dropped the review. Yeah. Oh, man. I, oh, yeah. we've lost the streak of patented yeah. It's like a curve. It's a curve. within that five to seven. Oh, well, they're oh, all man. really similar. From five to six, like, they're very similar there. But anything higher than a six is probably, like, yes, you got to go see it, right? Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, let's don't tell me how I <laughs> review my movies. No, I won't tell you how. I'm just gonna make fun of it. Oh dear. That's oh fine. dear. <laughs> let's talk about Punisher season two because Brian and Art have seen. Yeah. yeah. Are we gonna go spoiler free on this? Or are we gonna do? I have to leave the room. No, I can go spoiler. I can go spoiler free, go spoiler yeah. free. and I don't mind the odd thing. Okay. Should I'll, okay, what I'm going to do right now is play the Mary thing just in case. Double spoiler but, alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert to the spoiler alert. This is just in case. Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you. Okay, why don't you start? You want me to start? Yeah. Okay, so I love the first Punisher. What would you, what would you get, 6 out of 10? No, I'm the first. <laughs> the first Punisher. I mean, it's a TV show, so Six it's a little a bit different. Come on now. So I, I thought the first Punisher. I gave it. I'd give it like an eight out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Frank Castle, John Bernthal. He's one of the best characters in this like Netflix Marvel world. Like it. Like, and and him and Charlie Cox, who does Daredevil over there. Like those two guys, I think are really good. And I, I love. I want to see these characters. I love the Hell's Kitchen that these guys live in like it reminds me of the dark knight like that those kind of worlds right believable yeah so of course i was very excited going into the punisher season two my i have a lot of problems with the punisher season two and i've only gotten to uh episode eight i think so oh, you've seen the whole yet. thing yeah I'm so you've finished. seen the whole thing okay I'm so finished. maybe you should uh take take it then i'm finished and the the fact that I watched it in three or four days is no reflection on <laughs> the Punisher. It's more a reflection on, well on done, me sir. and my horrible habits. Uh, you binged it, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, like now you get to thing where it's like it's it's almost like I think now I appreciate movies more than I do these long form. Uh, really? serial television shows mm. because I just want a fucking conclusion. Yeah. So again, first thing that I did before watching Punisher is it was to go to the episode list to see how many episodes there were. So you, you know? and Kirsten James really have this in common, a want to know the runtime, the, the commitment yep. of energy that you're going to have to put into And this. then I saw, I saw 13 episodes and I was like, Ugh, as if like I was slog. about to start a long homework assignment, <laughs> right? Um and again, is, is, you know, and, and watching the first episode, and I was like, okay. I like the first you two know, episodes. First couple show. episodes. Yeah. I'll even give first three episodes. Yeah. Okay. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's the, you know. They're, I'm on they're, board. They're, I'm on board. They're establishing yeah. this really well. They've got the right amount of drama slash character development. And of all 13 episodes, the action scenes were phenomenal. I loved all of the action scenes that were brutal. They were very brutal Sounds as like the it. Punisher can be. That's the calling um, card of these shows. Yeah. Daredevil and the Punisher are these action scenes because um, they're so good. But where it loses its steam is what I think it was in their intent because in this, this intent, this was season two of the Punisher and what they really wanted to do and this is, I think this is this metaphorical thing that they were trying to give the character is that they were basically giving him a war to fight on two fronts. I've heard this so many times, mm. or you're fighting a war on two fronts, meaning there were essentially two villains in in, oh. in this. But the villains the the storylines of each of each of these conflicts, they never really kind of come together how you would expect them to. 
And in in one way, it's refreshing, but in the other way, it makes the narrative so jumpy. It's very disjointed. Where it's like to to gets to the point where you focus one episode where he's fighting one war. He's focusing on this one conflict, and he's pushed everything else to the side. Oh wow! So then it makes the resolution of both of these quote unquote wars. You know, it sort of fell flat. You Ooh. know, it wasn't re- wasn't as satisfying as as I wanted it to be. And when you think about like, oh fuck, I just spent thirteen hours oh, getting nice. through this. They could have cut a lot of stuff, or you know, and I'm I'm fine with them not like really melding the storylines. Um, but there was a lot of things and a lot of great uh, pieces to this season that didn't really get its justification or didn't get its reward because of this. Cause, and, like, one of the things is the acting. The acting is outstanding. Like John Bernthal, the guy that plays um, Billy Russo, uh, Ben Barnes, who's one of the main uh, um, antagonists in this, they were phenomenal, uh, and, you know, in their acting roles. <laughs> but because the narrative was so jumpy, didn't really give you that much of a chance to kind of latch onto it. Oh, it's a so. damn shame. Well, this is good. It's going to be difficult for the Punisher season. To, it's difficult for the Punisher to exist after season one mm-hmm. because he had a mission in season one. And I thought, like, why does the Punisher exist after that? So yeah. it's very difficult to bring his, to to keep him going in this world. Well, it's also, right? they kind of get to to that in terms of making him the, the now Punisher of the comic books, where yeah. it's like his, the Punisher of the comic books obviously keeps going, even though he's sort of avenged the wrongdoings done to him, like, spoiler alert, they kill his family. Yeah. So, and, and after he avenges that... He still keeps going as the Punisher, punishing people who do affect future families in that sense. Well, like he's he he's got the suit and he bought and all the yeah. he bought all the gear, so you might as well. Right. I mean, yeah. guns are expensive. It so. just makes sense. That's right. <laughs> so might as well get your money worth. So uh, they do try to like kind of get to that in terms of this is where what he's gonna this is his role now and him him embracing that role. But then they also justify it in a way, or they try to justify it in a way where they're making him a hero when really. He's a fucking monster. Yeah. He's, He's an just doing hero. all this stuff to bad guys. So I don't know. Like it just it it's kind of a shame because this is one of the last Netflix Marvel series that was hanging on and still hasn't been confirmed whether or not, you know, I think he's leaving. But yeah, I, it just kind of, this seems like the nail in the coffin. Yeah. At this point, we're just waiting for the announcement because we know they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I love the idea of the Punisher that he doesn't play by the rules, right? And I lo- and every time I'm watching, I'm watching this show and I'm just like, He's gonna punish. I love yeah. this. I just, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I can just exactly. picture it. I love yeah. that. That's great. Yeah, he's like, you really want to get in a fist fight with this guy? He's gonna kill you, and he doesn't go by any daredevil rules. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, I, I just don't think there is. They, they haven't been able to create room for his existence. Yeah. Good but review, no, everyone. No, 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 no Karen Page yet, at least yet for me, and I'm oh, geez, in episode eight or whatever, so uh, I'm kind of happy about that. <laughs> I can only yeah, imagine. So his, art. Yeah. In a couple of episodes, your review is going to go from six into five. Oh, what? Uh-oh. Spoiler Uh-oh. alert. What? This ought to be good. I don't know. There's characters on this show like Medi- Medi- Medina. She doesn't need to exist in this, in this, ser- in, in this show, right? In this yeah. series, right? Season two. And From what I can see, it's Dina Madani. Yeah, Madani. She doesn't um, need to exist. I don't, and I, I don't even think uh, Billy Russo really needs to exist. From what I'm watching right now, doesn't. No, yeah, it doesn't really. Def- it's like which is, there, and that's why it's right? a shame because yeah. the guy playing Billy Russo is phenomenal in this yeah. season. 
I feel like he's just there to create this second war, as you said, Mm -hmm. that doesn't really need to be there to make it 13 episodes. Yeah. Sorry. Also, I did Karen Page's episodes pretty good. (laughs) Karen Page is in this? Oh, that's what I was saying. We'll anyway. talk to you I in a week, Art Aronson. This, this ought to be good. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, her episode, I liked it. I, I don't know. Does she get thrown off a cliff? Oh, goodness. Okay, good review, everyone. Good reviews uh, for uh, both Aquaman and Punisher Season 2. Solid 6. I have a, solid I have a, <laughs> I have a review as well, really quick, because uh, I didn't put it on the thing, but um, I watched the uh, Fire Festival documentary. I know it's not too geeky, mm. but I just real quickly will say that it's so good. Mm-hmm. I think everyone is watching it. I don't think I need to recommend it to anyone. I think it's like the it's the new bird box. It's the thing that's like everyone's talking about. It's definitely worth the uh whatever it is, two hours or whatever. It Jaw was rule, not a fan. It went yeah. probably about twenty minutes longer than I would have liked. Oh yeah. It felt a little draggy toward the end. Um, but in general, yeah, I did really enjoy it. And the angle learning the angle of that the festival was to promote a, an artist booking app. I had yeah. no idea about that part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think myself, like many of us, just s- sort of started hearing about this festival as it was falling apart. Yeah. And so to get the whole history of it and to see who was involved, quite, yeah, quite interesting. Good doc. I enjoyed it. I was taking on a real ride being like, uh, you know, it's like hindsight looking back at it being like, what a festival for douchebags, and they deserved it. Or that much money on that festival? Good, you deserve to be scammed. So, like, then I'm watching, and I'm like, I would have gone to that if I had a little bit of money. Just you know, it's like to spend on a vacation. That wouldn't have been so bad if the lineup was better than Major Laser and Blink One Eighty Two, and that's it, pretty much. You know, <laughs> I, kinda, I maybe would have gone. I kind of went in the opposite direction. I was feeling a little bad for the people who were there, yeah. and then I saw the documentary, and I saw these some of these people's attitudes, and I'm like, I kind of want to punch you. Oh yeah! Oh my God! You are such a self selfish freaking okay. baby. But but I mean, come on! You paid for that. A slick looking website tells you this is what you're going to get. Fair enough, right? Yeah, like I've been on vacations where like you don't quite know where you're going to get into, but the website or whatever is like, don't worry, we're going to have good food and good accommodations and everything like that. Like you really, when you're traveling, are depending on that to be true. Yeah, that's a worse nightmare scenario to get there and everything soaking wet and there's no food. Like, true enough. True. That's enough. brutal. So anyway, it's a great documentary there, and uh, I partially inspired by. Our video game chat last week, I pulled the trigger on a Nintendo Switch. <gasps> oh, did wow. you? Those things are expensive. We're gonna t- they're $400. We're going to talk. Um, no, you know what? I got an insane deal on like a Switch, a Pro Controller, two games, a case on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, yes. Good move. An insane deal. Good yeah, move. So that's where all my 13 hours are going to instead of the Punisher. So how much did you Fantastic. pay? Fantastic. Yeah. You going to tell us what you got? Do you want to? Yeah. Um, I think I got all of that stuff for under $500. Damn, dude. Right? Which is like. The Pro Controller is 80 bucks unto itself. The games yeah. are 60 to $80. The unit's supposed to be 400 Yep. Wow. Fantastic. Plus tax. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. I was feeling pretty good. It was it's like, it's money for sure. That's $500. Yeah. I saw a Switch uh, when I was at EB Games yesterday and i was like four hundred dollars this thing i saw it for 329 at walmart uh during the boxing day era which was pretty rare you don't normally see new console hardware go on sale um but so tell us about your experience with the switch oh i like it i like it a lot um do you want to know what it's like it's a weird thing for me now it's like um there's no real like i i don't care for the gimmick that nintendo has to put out with every new console 
Um, you know, it's like Xbox just comes out. It's like, it's just a nicer Xbox. You fuck, you're just going to sit there in your chair. <laughs> and it's the same controller. And it's just nicer. Just fucking buy it already. Right? Whereas Nintendo <laughs> is like... <laughs> <laughs> Because what a great sales pitch that was. Well done, Brian. Whereas Nintendo is like, um, is like this one you shake. This is there's a twist. There's a right now. There's like, a new twist. It comes apart and it's also a handheld and it does this. And I'm just like, it's so I'm the weirdo that wants to just sit in a chair with my same old controller and play the nicer versions and newer versions of the same games I've been playing since I was a kid. There's nothing wrong with that. I, but I just want the Nintendo franchises. I just want Super Mario and Legend of Zelda. So uh, so I haven't been doing any of the, like, taking it with me or, like, using the Joy-Cons or any of that stuff that's supposed to make it distinctly switchy. Mm-hmm. I've just been playing it on the Pro Controller, playing the games and enjoying them. They're just they're And just that's weird. okay, too. But yeah. if that time comes, then you will have the option to... Switch. Yes, it's to to its other format. What gamer games do you have? Um, I uh, played like an hour of Breath of the Wild. Nice, which is really beautiful. And then um, it was funny actually how it worked. I bought that, and then the next day Mario Odyssey from the same guy went on oh, sale. Oh, hilarious! For a really cheap price, so I bought that. <laughs> He's like, I sold my Switch. I don't need this game anymore. List, list. Paul <laughs> buys it again. Oh yeah, my god! Really? I was like, do you have anything else here so I can save gas? I don't have to drive to your house for a third time. But um, <laughs> and he's like, no, just watch my listings tomorrow. Though. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm more. I think I'm just gonna plow through Mario Odyssey first, and then really get into Breath of the Wild because I know it's so immersive. I think that's probably the best move, just based on the way I've seen those games play, the way they're built, and the worlds. Yeah, Breath of the Wild is an epic investment in time. So right. it's good to, I guess, get yourself into the world of the Switch with Odyssey. Yeah. And it's fun and bright, and it's Mario, so yeah. you kind of can't go wrong. Um, they're both, what I can say, those are gorgeous, gorgeous games. Nice. They're so beautiful and, and fun already. I'm having a fun time. Beautiful, beautiful. Anything else we want to cover or talk about? Uh, the final thing that I wanted to recommend, which I didn't get a chance to do this uh, last week, um, Titans. Oh, that. yes, right. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is the live-action... On Netflix. On Netflix, the yeah. grown-up of the teen Titans, Titans with some yep. more Titans? Pretty much. Pretty cool. much. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Is that the one where he says, fuck Batman? Th- and that's yeah. the thing. So I saw wow. that trailer. I think I saw that trailer almost a year ago. Dang. Right? And that was, um, it was during one of the Comic Cons, uh, they played that trailer and you're just kind of like, oh, well, that's going to be stupid. They're just <laughs> trying to be hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of times when I'm watching it. I'm not done it yet. I didn't plow through it like the Punisher. I took, she took a break before the Punisher. <laughs> um, there are a couple times when you're just like, oh, they are trying to be a little hardcore here. But, damn, pleasant surprise. In nice. terms of character development, in terms of like the guy that plays Robin is phenomenal. Actually. and uh, Yeah, wow. yeah. And uh, it... It kind of at times it feels like a, one of those CW uh, DC shows, <laughs> yeah, right. you know. Yeah. But at the same time, action is phenomenal. Like all the fight scenes were great and stuff. And uh, I only know the Teen Titans of the Titans through the Teen Titans Go. Yeah, me too. Um, and so I know them as kind of this satirical team. Titans Go, dude, 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 But yep. to actually get to see like live action versions of these characters and what they can do in pretty much like how they fucking murder people and stuff. And you Whoa. see like the hardcoreness of like Robin and even kind of getting into a little bit more of that backstory as to why Dick Grayson left Batman was 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 kind of cool. So I had I had like zero level interest in this, honestly. Yeah. I saw it, I'm just like 
Yeah, I don't think so. I know, and um, I, was so, the same th- I was the same way, and I, I was on my Netflix queue, and I, I saw it, and was like, okay, let's try the first Yeah, episode. so that might you be know? me, too. Like, I I, I'm going to go yeah, in with me. some pretty low expectations, but I'm I'm curious about it now. The tone confuses me, because it's like, yeah, we saw that trailer with Fuck Batman, <laughs> yeah. and then the, like, I see um, the, the, like, the color palette, even, is weird. It's like... For Robin fighting in a dark alley, it feels very like it was super gritty, but in a like lower budget CW way, yeah, like you say. But then CW, the yeah. Beast Boy or whatever turns into a tiger, and then and then it's funner looking. Yeah. And then even I see on my Netflix like the screenshot is them in their costumes, and Robin's costume is like bright colors, red and yellow. It's but not they're even still like dark. They're still, still very kind dark, of dark yeah. but not as dark as like you know, it's like Batman and Robin, Chris O'Donnell's Robin costume, which had no <laughs> color in it. You know. Yeah. So like I don't know it's and it's gets confusing it my gets brain. very interesting there are some episodes too where they show like members of the Doom Patrol and if you ever know anything about DC the Doom Patrol is this pretty ridiculous fucking group of people <laughs> but and and it is weird to see them in the episode but like in the context of how they're making characters fit in with the story and stuff it's like oh I'm I'm pretty sold huh I'm pretty awesome. entertained okay all, all right. right it's I'll, I, it's on my list uh, one other thing, uh, Paul and what? I are going to uh, we're going to do our run of Oscar nominated best picture uh, binging. Oh, yeah. okay, so good, that's, good. that's gonna, we're going to be doing that over the next. little The while, other podcast so. that I listen to, they call these the vegetable movies because the they're like the movies where you got to eat your vegetables. Popcorn is good oh. sometimes, <laughs> but every now and then you got to eat your vegetables. Uh, yeah, that's I don't know funny. about that. I've it's the weirdest thing going into these Oscars. Like last year, remember we did this? Yeah, we did it last year, and I hadn't seen a single one. No. I was like, all right, here we go. But over the course of this past year, I've seen more than half of the best picture nominated movies. Oh, Whoa. So I don't know if that means that the uh, Oscars are getting more popcorny or like more junk foody. Yeah, I think they're, they're trying are. to, yeah. They are, yeah, Black Panther. Or if uh, like I'm just eating more vegetables in terms of my entertainment, was like, or I'm interested in more adult things. Or have more. you have you seen Vice yet? I saw Vice, mm, yeah. loved oh. it. Yeah, right. It's like it could do. Um, I'm excited for Green Book though. That's <laughs> Art had a look at you like, what? why the fuck did you not wait for me? Oh really? Is that yeah. why? Sorry, I just wanted to see. I didn't know it was going to be up for an Oscar. I honestly didn't. I just thought like he went oh, in with the same some... group of people and was kicking and screaming the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives it a solid six. It's a solid six. Super solid six. No, it's great. I'm excited to watch the rest of them though. I think. Um, are you going to watch them all, or are you just going to watch the ones you haven't seen? I'm just going to watch the ones I haven't seen. Oh Art's, my I got God. a Nintendo Uh-oh. Switch. Oh, you've you ruined all the plans. <laughs> you've ruined the plan. He's got Art's got his lunch. He's going to leave before off. the podcast is over. Black Panther again? I guess. Actually, you know what? I, I thought that mind. was. What, I thought that's what we were doing. I know. I wouldn't mind seeing Black Panther. I've again. never seen a plan get announced and then crumble that quickly. It was like just that was like thirty that. seconds. Incredible. Like it will be interesting to watch Black Panther. I'll say this: in the mindset of is this good enough? to be a Best Picture nomination. Because when it came out at the beginning of last year... We both saw it together. We, I was like, sweet, awesome, another Marvel movie, awesome, another Marvel <laughs> movie. Okay, sweet, here we go. I'll watch it. I'm based on that. But now I'm going to be watching it with super critical <laughs> eyes and being like... And not just critical, but also like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that does make it worthy of an Oscar nomination. Yeah. I guess that commentary that is yeah. that weighty. I, it I deserves did, it. I did um, watch it not too, too long ago, and there were the, the scenes that I found uh, were very much kind of like Oscar contendery scenes, yep. were the scene where um, Killmonger talks to his dad in the oh, other plane, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and then the the last scene where, you know, the, the where 
they're out on that uh, platform looking at the sunrise right. or the sun's whatever. Yep. Um, those two scenes are just kind of like, oh, okay, I can see this playing on the big screen at the Oscars as they're yeah, announcing really? nominations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Cool. All right. I look forward to this review and uh, and we'll see if these... it happens. Oh but... my god. Oh my god. Okay. This is great. Actually. Okay. I'll watch all the movies with you, but I can bring my Switch in the handheld form. Oh And I can boy. be playing this. Here we go. During the movies. We'll get half a poll. I've right. already seen them. All right. Bye. All right. Okay. Art Aronson. Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook at Art Aronson, and uh, you can find me on uh, the Zones podcast. I guess the Zone.fm, the podcast uh, in between the stammers. Nice, Paul Plastino. Where can we find you on the internet? At Paul Plastino. Brian Bortano, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me calling in sick probably because of art. Here. <laughs> um, no, Boitano913, Twitter and Instagram, and DJ Boitano on Facebook. And I'm Webmeisterbud everywhere, and I will talk to you next on Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. Bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.